Welcome to Eternity Now's Worship and Weekly Message, Practical Spiritual Warfare, Faith That Defeats the Devil. I'm Senior Pastor and Evangelist Kyle Huckins, so Reverend Kyle Huckins, Ph.D. Eternity Now is an evangelism outreach and church in Scotts Bluff, Nebraska. See our weekly message live on Saturday, 5 p.m. Mountain, Facebook.com slash Eternity Now Media. Twitter's at Kyle Huckins. YouTube.com slash at Eternity Now. Our LinkedIn as well. We also have our Revelation Bible Study Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Mountain, on all of these same channels. Our main website is EternityNow.com. E-T-E-R-N-I-T-Y-N-O-W dot C-O-M. It has links to our videos, podcasts, my writing on spiritual topics, our beliefs, background, and more. Our group reached over 1 million people for Christ in our first two years, 1,047,514. We want to do another million this year, and your tax-deductible gift will save lives eternally. Just $25 a month reaches 10,000 people with the gospel in a year, only three cents per soul. Go to EternityNow.com and click support us to see more and give securely. You can go and give via our secure and dedicated PayPal page. Give via Cash App, which is dollar sign Eternity Now 501c3. Uh, you can give via check by writing to this ministry, P.O. Box 1422, Scotts Bluff, Nebraska, that's N-A-U-S-A, 69363. It's on our website. EternityNow.com. We are 501c3. We're registered with the government, and your giving is tax deductible. Well, let's take a look at the good word of God today. What do you think of when picturing an ancient soldier? A shield probably figures into it somehow. Well, in the time of frequent hand to hand combat and phalanxes of soldiers moving en masse on the enemy, portable shields were important protection from swords, daggers, rocks, and even flames. Every Christian has a shield as well, but it's a spiritual one rather than that made of woods, metals, reeds, animal hides, or bones. We'll find out about that today in my message, Practical Spiritual Warfare, Faith That Defeats the Devil, from Ephesians 6.16. Let's go to God in prayer. Well, Father God, I thank you so much for this chance to come before the people and give them what you have given me. I pray that this would empower them to douse those fiery darts of the enemy, Lord God, through faith in you, through Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord God, for your anointing in this, both myself, a speaker, and all who hear, that we might have what the Spirit says to the church in our heart. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Oh, it's wonderful to be able to go to our God in prayer. Well, our Practical Spiritual Warfare series helps you deal with the onslaught of Satan and his forces, be magnified to these end times, because the devil's time left is short. There's a reason why Christians are under attack in society, as well as internally, losing jobs, and sometimes they're cool. The accuser of the brethren is working overtime. This series gives you practical ways backed by scripture to overcome the world and its hero, the devil. Today's message, number five in the series, shows how to stop Satan's volleys cold. Let's take a look at that scripture. Our central one here is that of Paul in Ephesians 6 about the whole armor of God. We're going to go and get a little context today from verses 14 to 16. 
Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We now focus on that shield of faith of that final verse, number 16. Did you know that the Bible mentions shields 72 times? But this is the only mention in the New Testament, and it's a very special one indeed. The Roman soldier in the day of Paul, the author, had a few different shields to choose from. The palm was for men on horseback. It was oval with an iron frame, later of wood and leather to make it lighter, since it was up to three feet across. The clippius was for forces on foot, constructed of vertical glued planks. It was covered with painted leather and bound on the edges with stitched rawhide. It was round and could be up to 36 inches in diameter. The Bible, however, references a different shield called the scutum, thurios in Greek. Scutum was the Roman name and thurios was the Greek name. It was a rectangular shield almost as tall as a warrior and wide enough laterally to protect him fully. Thurios literally means door because it was shaped like one. Roman forces would hook these shields together to form a solid wall. They also put them overhead so they couldn't be hurt by anything hurled over them. The shield was covered by a half dozen layers of animal skin, specially tanned and tightly woven together. This made for an instrument almost as strong as steel. Since this was leathery, it needed oil to be rubbed into it daily so the surface was supple. Failing to do that would make the hides crack, especially under enemy pressure and the shield would ultimately come apart. Before going into battle, soldiers would soak the shield in water so it could douse any fiery ammunition coming the men's way. So this history, as you can tell already, has many applications for we believers. The Roman Sturios, or scutum, could cover the soldier's entire body if he got behind it and hunkered down. Our faith in Christ can do the same when we're under assault. However, we need to build that shield first. Now, how do we do it? Well, we must follow Christ, first of all. If we're not purposefully walking in his steps, there's no framework for the shield or basis for our faith. We need to have a faith that is deep, just as the many hides cover that battle shield. This comes from spending time with God through prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship with other believers, and pursuing him personally. And just as those hides had to be oiled to keep fresh, so we can't simply pray once in a while, leave our Bible to the dust of our shelf, or stay out of worship service because we think we have something more appealing to do. <laughs> Doing that makes for stumbles in our walk with the Lord and cracks in that shield of faith. The Thurios was on a clip on the soldier's belt when not in immediate use in battle. So our shield of faith needs to be ready at a moment's notice. Spending time with God daily is like that dousing in water of the Roman shield ahead of warfare. The warrior didn't know the exact time he'd need the shield, but when a fiery dart hit it, the wet hides stopped its flames cold. <laughs> We can't plan when we'll get an attack from the devil or his minions. 
They tried to stay assaults with as little warning as possible, of course. However, when Satan pulls a sneak attack on us, what's in us will be coming out of us. If we've been with Jesus, then his spirit flows from us to meet the threat. But if we haven't taken time with the Lord, we'll react from our own fallenness and maybe even make matters worse. Remember, if we're walking closely with Christ, our first reaction usually is the Lord. You might have noticed that in the heat of battle, you're calm and collected, having been with Jesus. But when you get out of that snap, of that crunch, you have a bunch of second guessing that comes to mind. Well, that generally is the devil. Recall what happened in the Garden of Eden. God gave his command. Then the serpent Satan came to Eve and whispered, Has God truly said this? We need to trust the Lord will give us what we need when we need it. Finally, should we face an onslaught of the enemy we aren't sure we can defeat, we need to join our shield to those of fellow believers. As Deuteronomy 32.30 says, one can put a thousand to flight and two, ten thousand. I like those kinds of mathematics. <laughs> Ask for prayer. Talk out the situation with your pastor, your friend, your neighbor, so long as they're Christian. You can call or text me at 806-463-8793. Again, USA 1-806-463-8793. Email me at khuckins at eternitynow.com. K-H-U-C-K-I-N-S at eternitynow.com. Also, we shouldn't make rash decisions on first hearing difficult news if we can help it. A little time and some prayer often make clearer both the situation and how to deal with it. Many people today believe all they need to do to go to heaven is think that Christ came to save us. Maybe go to a service once in a while and they're good to go. They're wrong. What were Jesus' first words in ministry? Follow me. We're saved as we follow Christ in relationship. He's a literal and eternal bridge between people and Almighty God, the Lord of glory, come to life. We are to tell others of our faith, live out that faith, nurture that faith, and exercise that faith as well. We do not glorify the Lord just by thinking nice thoughts. <laughs> How many times do we read in the New Testament that the apostles sat or stood around chatting, enjoying a refreshing drink, and saying how wonderful it is that we can live safe and cozy, keeping Jesus all to ourselves? Not once is the answer. Jesus, in fact, said in Mark 11, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Oh, isn't that oh, that's superior? That's exciting. That is Jesus. Now, the power Christ describes doesn't come from our words being containers of dynamite or whatever else the name it and claim it folks say today. No, it comes from knowing God's word, the Bible, and following it until the situation is 
resolve. Friend, never underestimate the power of a simple, direct, God-dependent life lived consistently for which a person gives glory to the Lord verbally and otherwise. Friend, in this passage, our Lord assumes that we're walking with him and we will come up against some tough obstacles, which he's calling mountains. But friend, that mountain's going to be removed. He's going to find a way for us through it, around it, over it, or under it. God has so many different methods and ways at his disposal to be able to defeat the devil soundly. We also don't have faith without objective proof or evidence. My friend, I have four degrees, which may be three too many. I have three of those as graduate degrees, a bachelor's, two master's, and a doctorate. I am not persuaded easily, readily, or shortly, but I am fully persuaded that the Bible is the inerrant, inspired word of God to us for all time. And we have over 200 finds from archaeologists, many of them quite secular, verifying the people, places, and events of the Holy Word of God, both Old Testament and New Testament. These pieces of evidence range from an official leaded seal that was discovered in Jerusalem, confirming Shaphan as a scribe during King Josiah's reign. He's mentioned in 2 Kings 22, to coins and Roman records showing that Portius Festus, whom the Apostle Paul appeared before in Acts 24 and 25, became procurator in the late 50s AD. Even such incredible happenings as Jericho's walls falling outward, as Scripture describes, have been affirmed. Archaeologist Bryant Wood of the University of Toronto, no bastion of Christian learning, said when we compare the archaeological evidence at Jericho with the biblical narrative describing the Israelite destruction of Jericho, we find remarkable agreement. Wood noted that collapsed mud bricks were found outside a thick lower revetment wall where they had fallen and apparently served as a ramp for the Israelites described as going up into the city. Oh, my friend, this is the hour we must follow Christ and not bend with the world. I've seen over and over that God is making very clear who is with him and who is not. And some who are not go to church. There are yet the tares among the wheat. The acid test is whether we keep our Lord's commandments, show the fruit of the Holy Spirit, or engage in the works of the flesh. For a refresher on those, see those lists in Galatians 5, verses 19 to 23. And remember always what our Lord said of the church in the last days, in his Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24, verses 45 to 51. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his master made ruler over his household, to, keep the, to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
Be that servant who, when Jesus comes, is found doing what the master commands and he takes with him to heaven, not the one forsaking the Lord and sent to hell. We have eight takeaways today. Number one, the shield of faith is high enough and wide enough to cover us completely when under attack. The shield of faith is high enough and wide enough to cover us completely when under attack. God made the universe and everything in it. He is going to be enough to deal with anything it might try to toss at us. Number two, we must devote time, energy, and effort to our relationship with God to build our shield correctly. We must devote time, energy, and effort to our relationship with God to build our shield correctly. The Roman shield had several specially treated hides over its frame. These are akin to prayer, reading scripture, attending worship services, spending time with fellow believers, and pursuing personal understanding of God. Number three, making our walk with Christ a daily matter is like the Roman soldier applying oil to the shield's hides to keep them strong and supple. Making our walk with Christ a daily matter is like the Roman soldier applying oil to the shield's hides to keep them strong and supple. Too many people only go to the Lord when they're in trouble. Taking time each day with God may just prevent some of our problems and definitely will help us deal with those that persist. Number four, when we're in the heat of a spiritual battle, what's in us will come out. When we're in the heat of a spiritual battle, what's in us will come out. If we're close to God, then we'll act with his spirit. We must not second guess ourselves. But if we're far from God, well, we're not going to be acting with his spirit, but self or worse, Satan, and we'll be doing an awful lot of accurate second guessing. Number five, should we face a spiritual onslaught, we can join our shield to those of other believers, just as the Romans did to protect every man in a detachment. Should we face a spiritual onslaught, we can join our shield to those of other believers, just as the Romans did to protect every man in a detachment. They would put their shields side by side, vertically and horizontally, so that they were protected above and all around. Don't be afraid to call on your pastor, friend, or other acquaintance in Christ. Friends, prayer in agreement is powerful. Jesus Christ, our Lord of glory, said himself in Matthew 18, 19 to 20, Where, wherever two or more are gathered there in my name, I am in the midst of them, and he is going to do it. Number six, we are to tell others of our faith, live out that faith, nurture that faith, and exercise that faith. We are to tell others of our faith, live out that faith, nurture that faith, and exercise that faith. Faith is more than just thinking there is a Christ. He said, follow me, and that's what we must do. Number seven, our faith is not blind. There are hundreds of, piece of objective, pieces of objective proof for the people, places, and events of the Bible, and 500 fulfilled prophecies. Our faith is not blind. There are hundreds of pieces of objective proof for the people, places, and events of the Bible, and 500 
unfulfilled prophecies. Don't let anyone say scripture contradicts itself. Science has proven it wrong and all of that. Those are all false. There are no contradictions, and the Bible has even corrected the scientists. <laughs> and number eight, the last. While believers are under pressure today, we must choose the Lord in every situation, not the world, no matter what the situation or the circumstance. While believers are under pressure today, we must choose the Lord in every situation, not the world, no matter what the situation or the circumstance. What did Jesus say to us? In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Take courage, my friend. He says, I have overcome the world. In John 16, and when we are in him, we overcome that world as well. I want to ask you today, what choices are you making in your life? Are they in line with the Bible or not? Scripture is not just nice advice. It is truth defined. To ignore it is to defy God. We must not presume upon the Lord. If we're trying to obey him, he will forgive us. But if we willfully sin, we're in danger of defiling the blood of Jesus. Will you give God his rightful place in your life and proclaim your faith in him? If so, you're going to rule and reign with him one day, both here on earth and up in heaven. If not, you'll burn in hell with others who thought the Lord wasn't worth obeying or trusting. I'm now going to give you the opportunity to put God in his rightful place in your life and proclaim your faith in him. There are four essentials to salvation. Number one, repent of sin. Ask God's forgiveness. For whatever you've done wrong or you haven't done, you should have. All of us have had those sin problems. Every last one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the scripture says. Ah, but every last one of us can be forgiven when we follow Jesus as Lord. We also confess faith in Jesus Christ. He is the only one who came to earth and lived a sinless life so that we would not have to. He fulfilled the law and its hundreds of requirements. And so we can receive his spirit and be born again in faith. We also believe that Jesus Christ rose in body and in spirit the third day from the tomb. If he does not rise, if his body is not resurrected, if his spirit is not born again, blossoming back into that world, well, ours are going to be back down in the earth, moldering as well. But he has risen in both body and spirit, and so we shall too if we follow him. And finally, follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. You'll do it imperfectly just as I do it imperfectly. But my friend, we'll do it by God's spirit each day when we falter in that, the Lord will forgive us. He'll give us the ability to get back up and head straight for that cross once again. Are you going to join me and being born again today? Or if you've been away from the Lord for a while and recommitting yourself to Jesus Christ, let's go to the Lord in prayer. You can repeat after me what I'm saying. And if you believe it, well, this will be your prayer of repentance and faith to accept Jesus as Lord or recommit to our Christ 
as Lord and Savior. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Father God, I repent of my sins. Please forgive me. I confess faith in Jesus Christ. I believe he rose in body and spirit the third day in the tomb. And I will follow him as Lord and Savior, repenting should I fall. Come into my heart, Lord God, and save me. In Jesus' name, amen. So be it is what that little word means. Amen. And my friend, if you have plugged back into that power source, Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, ha, you are saved. And you just need to keep walking toward the Lord. And you're going to be able to walk right into heaven one day. Once we're saved, we need to be baptized in water. We do it by immersion because that's the way that the scriptures have it done. And we need to have it on the right side of the cross after we have believed. It is a public profession of our faith. Jesus thought so much of it that he was the only man who didn't have to be baptized, yet he was. Also, we read the Bible. The Bible is where we can find 100% accurate information about God. We need to know it and we need to possess its land of 7,500 promises by having those scriptures before us daily. We also pray by ourselves, with others, on the phone, in person, however we need to. Praying is how we possess those promises. It's how we get that peace and patience. It's how we are able to triumph in every situation. We need to go to God in prayer. We come to church online or in person. We need to be able to join hands and hearts with other believers receive sound teaching, doctrine, preaching, and to be able to go on with God in maturity and fruit. We fellowship with other believers. We are going to learn about them so that we can become that fighting force without any kind of break in the wall as we are fitted together as living stones. And when we're missing, <laughs> there's a draft in there, in that wall. And you know what happens with drafts? They put out fires the fire of the Holy Spirit. We also pursue personal relationship with Almighty God. Oh, my friends, there is a wonderful scripture, Luke 18, verses 1 to 8. You may know it better as the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. And in that, that widow, she was done wrong. And that judge didn't want to do anything about it. He was lazy, but she kept coming at him. And finally, he said, lest she weary me, I'm just going to give her what she wants. And the scripture says, Jesus telling us, that so much more, the heavenly father is going to give his own, that which they need and that which they desire in Christ. But will he find faith upon the earth when he comes? Will we endure to the end to be able to possess what we have desired? Friend, go on with him and you will not be disappointed, my friends. You will not be disappointed. And I'll tell you, I'm preaching to myself. Sometimes things are difficult and discouraging in these days. But I'll tell you, I get back into that holy word. I get back into prayer. I seek the Lord. 
I call up somebody and we pray and I'm encouraged all over again and filled again with the Holy Spirit of God. It's a wonderful thing to believe in the risen and eternal Christ. My friend, remember that eternity now is an evangelism outreach in church that meets in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. See the weekly message live at this time. Saturday is 5 p.m. Mountain on Facebook.com slash Eternity Now Media. Twitter's at Kyle Huggins. YouTube.com slash at Eternity Now. And our LinkedIn as well. Anywhere you're seeing this live right now. Our group is two years old. We've reached one million people for Christ those first two years. We want to do another million this year. But we're going to need your help. Let's join the hands and hearts. Let's join those shields together and be able to take ground from the enemy. Just 100 people donating $25 a month will be able to do it. Just go to eternitynow.com and click see more how you can give securely and go ahead and follow through. Three pennies per soul. Let's now pray. Go to our Father in prayer on your behalf and the prayers that have been submitted by others from across the world to this ministry. Oh, Father God, I thank you so much for this time that we've had together today to look at your word, your armor, Father God. Let us have that shield of faith, strong and unyielding, supple and ready for battle with the enemy, Lord God, so that all of those fiery darts of the enemy are going to be doused for good. Oh, Lord God, give us unsaved people in our path that we can lead to Jesus Christ by your spirit and word. We also pray specifically for Dell to have more and better physical therapy and his diabetes control, for George to be blessed at the ministry store, for N to be joyful in Jesus Christ, having accepted him recently, for the world's largest toy museum to have wonderful foot and online traffic this winter. That's a Christ-owned business. Helping hand to be fully staffed as it reaches out to the poor in this area. We also pray for David's leg to be healed. And all watching and listening today to be blessed in every area of life. I pray you will meet the needs, whether they be financial, emotional, relational, physical, or any other area. In Jesus Christ's holy name, we pray and believe it. Amen and amen. And amen. <laughs> well, I'm Pastor and Evangelist Kyle Huckins, thanking you for worshiping with us. Looking forward to seeing you next Saturday, 5 p.m., Facebook.com slash Eternity Now Media and all the rest. And be sure to take a look at our main website, eternitynow.com, where you can find links to all of our videos or to download our new podcast, which by the way is on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and all the rest. It's the Eternity Now podcast. Just search on that name, Eternity Now podcast. See also at eternitynow.com our beliefs, my recent writings for national Christian outlets on the Bible, the way of salvation, and so much more. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, and be gracious unto you. Shout, hallelujah. Shout.